Welcome to Me, You, and Weeaboo, a show where our anime expert Metzger takes me, a non-expert Eric, on a metaphorical, metaphysical, metoprolol bus tour of the anime world. And who's that sitting right next to me? That's you, listener. Hey, listener, what are you doing there? Are you are you doing some short squeezes of the the hedge funds to eat the rich and destroy uh, billionaires' stock holdings and and you know just all around mess up the system? I, I fully support you. Yeah, let's do it together. Yeah, let's eat the rich together. Oh. Who's that up front, Mesker's trying to distract us from our ongoing thing, trying to bring down the bourgeoisie? That, that I think that that is Metzger up there. What are you doing, Metzger? Down with the bourgeoisie! Oh, uh, I reflexively throw up my hands. Down with the bourgeoisie! Long live the proletariat! Proletariat, long live! <laughs> long live, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suddenly, an Austrian <laughs> enters the room. He's like, "I came here to fuck shit up." <laughs> we are swingers, yeah, yeah. What uh, is so back? today, <laughs> you might recall that from episode. I don't remember. <laughs> hey, listener, today we're talking about two different ones, two different animes. Um, I feel like I sound like Ira Glass right now. Uh, listener, <laughs> we're talking about uh, two different animes um, that we watched this week. Uh, one is Wonder Egg Priority, and the other is Jujutsu Kaisen! Uh, we're finally making good on our promise that we've... That, was that, that uh, pipe dream that we have given you since the beginning... Of the podcast where we would just we would discuss two different things, two entirely different moods. We're like a Kit Kat flavored duo of anime. It's it is a Kit Kat putty tat, give your dog a bone kind of podcast that we are bringing to you. <laughs> it's it's a double entendre, <laughs> double deuce. We're we're coming in hot with two. What kind of double entendre involves suicide? Oh man. Okay. Well. <laughs> And and then fake death, which is the other. Okay, so Metzger, which one would you like to start with? If we could, uh, uh, I I would like Juju, please. Okay, well, so our bus is coming up to a stop sign, and it looks like our um, the bus seems to be driving itself. Metzger just kind of stands with a mic talking to the back of us, uh, but the bus seems to be going right, and that's We're on a that's track. right into jujitsu kaisen so this week is the week we've been waiting for uh first and foremost they changed the intro they changed the outro and they brought itadori back a bunch of animes will give you a recap of last time by splicing various scenes together and i really love that juju instead gives us this recap in a different way they recap it for us by giving us like a cool down moment with the bad guys of all people. Yeah. And we get to see our uh, stitched together friends taint. Um, if you slow down the the video recordings, you get to see uh, a jarring amount of taint. Um, it's, it is darkened, but that almost made it worse. 
uh, for me personally. And so they're talking about like, oh, Itadori, you can't make him forced to do the pack. And I tried real hard. Oh, hey, our volcano man has his body back. And then and they're like, okay. Mojito did all of it on a whim. A whim. It wasn't even part of the plan. He didn't plan any of it. He saw Junpi as a plaything and just wanted to have some fun. That's it. So we both get to be right. He is a master manipulator of humanity, but he's also super childlike and impulsive. Yeah, and we also see that he... Uh, it, it seems like everyone's a big fan of just giving Itadori all of the fingers. Carpe Jumpy. Sees, sees the Jumpy. And, and so, <laughs> with the single exception of the higher-ups at the uh, Jujutsu Kaisen University. Yeah, because they believe it's going to drive him to madness. But even Goju, our beautiful-eyed boy, he would be immediately like, here, eat this. I forgot. Okay, didn't forget Goju, but I forgot the intensity of Goju. He comes in hot everywhere. I like when he, my favorite part of this show is when he comes in, he's got like a, a cooler case thing, a, dro- a drop box that you would see with a parachute attached to it coming from the sky with guns and ammunition that you and your friends are going to run up on and try not to get shot at. He comes in with that and he's like giving people uh, all kinds of souvenirs and all that. And it's really just a big old plot to announce it. No, 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 no. no. What something. I want to get yes. to is the pointed toe. His hip flexibility is astounding to me. You skipped the whole part where he is bored. He's bored. He's, He's bored. saying, let's play a game. Let's do shots. He says, let's cat let's play catch with discarded rice balls while discussing the separation of church and state. Take a, a video, video of it and troll people. I swear Which he used the word troll. He did troll. use the word troll. And that really gives you a description of like, I think Goju's perception relative to social media. He's a troll. The boy is nothing but a troll out there and say goju the controller of the void master of infinite being is bored (laughs) the man that can make you experience everything and nothing simultaneously is bored he's like ah you you ever had those days concept for me you ever have those days that like you just kind of see a tree blowing in the wind and like, I don't know, you don't got big plans. Maybe you might work out later or something, but that's only if the whims take you there. And and I'm just bored. And so so they decide that they're going to bring Itadori back. Today's the day hey, we're, we're bringing him back. And they decide that they just can't hide Nanami. him anymore. Yeah. They were always talking to Nanami, and Nanami is, I think, more acutely aware of the fact that Itadori is kind of emotionally struggling from the death of his friend, which now I, I believe that the boy has died. Now I am convinced. It took this long, but... Nanami, Nanami is such a nice young man. So Nanami convinces, and is like, okay, 
yeah, we're going to bring Itadori back. And yeah, Nanami could not be more pumped. Nanami is like, well, I think you're an idiot. I want you to maintain this level of energy to keep Yuji happy. Yeah. And so Itadori has like this, oh man, this is going to be great. This is going to be wonderful. Everyone's going to be like, oh, everyone's going to love me and they're going to cry. And then the other people are going to cry and they might even puke because they love me so much and this will be great. And so fast forward to the point in tow, Itadori jumps out of the crate and doesn't get the reaction that he wants. Everyone's like, Meh. Oh no. No. And I relate to that so much. It's not, he, they're like, apologize for pretending to be dead. And then they make him hold a funeral frame. Like that part <laughs> where, where he's like, this could be bullying, and they're just like, shut up. Like he's having to sit there <laughs> yeah. and hold that frame over his face like they're at, because think about this. Since there was no body, and since he's considered this terrible creature, there was no funeral. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They never got to go to Yuji's funeral. Well, they also have this kind of laissez-faire perception. Like, people die. Moving on, though. We're, we're meeting the other school. The other school also gets souvenirs, blah, blah, blah. They introduce a lot of these characters. There's a robot guy. There's a cute, robot little, man. There's a cute, adorable little witch girl. But mostly girl. those people are talking about the our our kids our class the home team and they let it slip that fushiguru is uh from a, a bloodline a bloodline from the Zenin clan i don't know what that means is that why sakuna likes him so much mm. that might be the case he's like oh something special with this but he can smell the bloodline Maybe maybe he's got beef with the bloodline. Maybe he's a part of the bloodline. Um, I maybe he started the bloodline. Maybe this is a, a like he is a the patriarch situation. Daddy Sakuna, the Genghis Khan of <laughs> Daddy Daddy Sakuna. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> kind of kicks my there's, foot on the ground daddy sakuna there's a joke about finger banging in there somewhere there's okay well no okay we're done so <laughs> no but i this is the we first are calling time sakuna daddy for the rest of the podcast so okay <laughs> moving forward we have the introduction of the characters and we have more of our what kind of girls do you like guy Dude, he is be something else. He is intense, and I kind of like the energy he brings. Oh my god, because he's like one screw loose of just falling apart. So they're all being told, kill Itadori. That is your objective. Like, there's whole tournaments like, how they many were just, curses can you take they out? They were just explicitly told that they could fight each other, but they shouldn't harm each other, because remember, at the end of the day, they're all jujitsu sorcerers. They don't yeah. cause any permanent harm, any long-lasting, and don't kill each other. And then they have, like, a side hustle meeting. They're like, legit, though. Kill it, Adori. No one will ask questions. It's super like, cool. Sure, and you're... you kill him with cursed magic. 
if you had so so for these guys, if you had a video game, the main objective would be kill Itadori. Optional objective: kill as many curses as you can. Can we talk about the literal name of the first contest? <laughs> Wacky curse hunt. Wacky curse exorcism race. Yeah, I like the wacky added to it. I like that uh, it's the wacky races. Yeah, it's it's very silly. I want to make the argument that our man of infinite reality, our controller of infinite beam, being is actually the narrator. Our man of if you want to say that Goju is actually the narrator? I'm saying that Goju, like anytime we're given like a screen cap, like you know how it had the name of the race on the screen and it was like silly and fun. I want to say that that's a direct, that's a fourth wall break from Goju. Like this happens a lot in anime, so this is not unusual to have something like that happen. But I am saying in the instance of Jujutsu Kaisen, that this is a direct fourth wall break from Goju. And that's why it's called Wacky Curse Exorcism Race. So it's only <laughs> called wacky because that's how it's perceived in Goju's mind. Yeah, I I think that he's just being Goju and is being silly. Also, we know that Goju watches a grotesque amount of American media. Yes, I thought so, you were about to say porn, and I would also have said yes. I don't know how much porn Goju watches. Why is this a weird, sexy episode? We're calling Sakuna Daddy, talking about Goju's porn habits. Mm, I'm going to go ahead and say that he watches a fair amount of porn. He doesn't get off to it, but he just watches it. <laughs> why why we're pretty much at the end of the episode too we're at the end of the episode we're like the principal wants him dead weird woman guy storms off because he wants to go see an idol they decide that it's best for them to all try and take on yuji at the same time and kill him <laughs> and we're talking about how much porn do you think goju watches I imagine him with his hands kind of like steepled, much like Mr. Burns, just staring at it. Hmm. <laughs> and then and then he spins it around and he says, look at these Excel files. And <laughs> our our professor professional man is right there and he's just sees straight butthole. <laughs> Okay, never mind. I'm just going to start writing my own outros, my own little my skits at the end. No possible way to segue from what you just said to an anime about preteen girls and suicide. Well, you can if you think of a, a clever rhyme. No. <laughs> like that's all of Juju and now we're talking about buttholes.
<laughs> when okay, so when you decided juju first, stop thinking about holes. <laughs> I was immediately like, oh no, because <laughs> I, I perceived this transitionary problem. I picked Juju first because that's what you said last week when I pulled you. So, what I'm going to say is, now that we've talked about some some realistic uh, traits that Goju would have, I want to talk about the intro for Wonder Egg. Um, It's very nice. (gasps) Okay. I mean, I see what you're putting down. The the intro, like, we got that real intro, and God, it was good, right? It is so genuinely peaceful. Like, it makes me feel like, oh, I, I've i seen this as a child. Like, I've fixed it. You see a lot of, like, different things that you would see in normal life, but, like, pulled and focused on. Like, the moon, the weird texture that the sidewalk has. Like, it's... Like the the moving of sandals, the like uh, splash of sunlight through the trees and things like that, and I find it genuinely pretty and very realistic, and it's all perceived as through like a child's eyes. Like it's colorful, it's I pretty, mean, it's vibrant, it's nice. I do you not do you not still do that? Like do you not still get those like little slices of? Oh, I don't know what to call it. But just those those little moments of stillness in day to day life where you just perceive something and it's just so good. It's very rare. The last time I had it, I was in was Wednesday when it snowed. Well, I love the snow. Let's just start there. Hey, listener, this podcast might be coming to you a little late. Or if so, Mesker might be coming a little hot. You know why? Because Eric got so excited about the snow that we got. I got so pumped. I forgot we had podcast record time. And I built a fire in my living room and cuddled up and like drank a, dr- drank some hot chocolate and watched uh, Once Upon a Time on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> so i is following that new wonder girl around yeah i'm calling them wonder girls now deal with it what i (laughs) want to say real quick is the last time i had that experience i was in grad school eating at a jimmy john's and it was also snowing outside and i just stared out of this jimmy john's window at how beautiful the snow looked and i felt peaceful and i haven't felt that level of beauty since i don't know how you're going to perceive this but i'm going to throw it out into the world anyways so at the back of the store lives a colony of turkey vultures the back of the store you work at Uh uh-huh Okay. And that's they uh, are... that's hot. You're coming in hot for me. <laughs> I'll have to send you a snap next time. And every day shift that I have, I roll up and almost always hear these turkey vultures and they're just like sunning and I just have a moment where I'm just like those are my dudes and like I just love them. 
I just take a moment and stare at the turkey vultures. And that's good for you. Yeah, uh-huh. It's a it's a it's a vibe. Turkey vultures. Yeah. Massacre, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Massacre, I'm gonna say I'm going I'm going to twist it a little bit, but I'm going to say the same thing you just said, but I'm going to change it just a little bit. I only feel at peace when I see turkey vultures in a field chilling. <laughs> you sound crazy. Why did you make me sound like Sling Blade? <laughs> There's also sometimes ravens. There's ravens hanging with the turkey vultures. Metzger! Not with them, just kind of near them. Outside of my work in the mines, they're just homeless. I, I don't feel good when I see them. They make me feel bad. I'm just always like, hello, friends. Okay, well, all right, that's fine. Okay, so we're <laughs> we're talking fair, about the... To be fair, the level of stability I needed during COVID-19 was a colony of turkey vultures. <laughs> Find a turkey vulture near side products. All right. <laughs> so speaking of turkey vultures, Wonder Egg is about some preteen girls. <laughs> <laughs> I wants to be this girl's friend so bad. She wants to be her friend. She's being such a tryhard. She's just falling around being like, hey, the weather's real nice. Hey, I like your clothes. But really, the weather's real nice. Hey, you look I pretty love your experienced. Figure. Can you look really experienced at this? Can you give me some tips? Wow, look at these awesome snacks that I have. I relate she to this. I've wanted a friend this bad. Jesus. So she gets her next egg. She she has some failing successes with the fail, fail, failures, non-successes. No, you skipped the other part. Because that girl finally speaks to her and we have like a juju moment where she's like, who are you fighting for? Yeah, it was very juju, and she's fighting for her sister. Well, the the quiet girl, the the good figured girl, is like, "Who are you fighting for?" And she's like, "Koido, duh." She's like, "Are you sure you don't fight for yourself because you hate who you are?" Yeah, and it seemed very projecty. And oh, right, and it was uh, the it was the uh, oh, our mannequins who told us about the sister, right? No, she tells us about the sister. She does. She's like, because, right, it does seem very projection-y where she's just like, you hate yourself and that's why you're doing this. And I responds by being like, well, don't you also hate yourself? To which she shuts her the fuck down by being like, no, I love myself. I'm not like you. And is like, which I'm fighting. aggressive. Yeah, she's like, I'm fighting for my sister. So aggressive that she even goes, 
hey, here's my contact information. You can buy on odd days. I'll buy on even so we don't have to meet. If you ever want to change your schedule, contact me to let me know that so I never have to see you in person again. Don't abuse my contact information. We get where it's it's a less... We get a transition. So we now see exactly what her uh, her weapon was, which we didn't get a good look at before. It's a giant bludgeoning weapon version of her pen. It's yeah. it's an impossibly large form of the pen, and I think that's kind of cool, kind of neat. It's a it's a piece that is a symbol of her and the girl that she's fighting for, and that's good. That's positive. I'm I, I'm into no, it. I mean, no, because that it's it's a leftover gift from the previous girl that she defended. That yeah. pen oh, belonged, that's right. yeah, belonged to Bully Girl. Who I so, shouldn't call that. Sorry. We have a uh, this moment of her jumping in and curse smashing one of the, the bouncy knife boys and saving this girl. And she's clearly a hero just rushing into the situation. Oh, here's the door. We dive through door now. And then they're on the roof and suddenly it's like debrief time for this girl because like oh what what's going on and she's like we'll be safe here for a minute hi what's your name and then we get oh this girl's like a gymnast and she's obsessed with gymnastics and she's real into it and also oh here's a bit of my backstory i'm here because this girl committed suicide but don't worry about it i'm here to save you and we get the girl who's obsessed with other girls' figures. And then she goes, uh, you have great legs. Look at me. I'm a shut-in. I got puffy legs. Puffy <laughs> legs. I got that hypertension. Hi, I'm, so, I'm 12 and I have hypertension. I have high sodium content in all of my food and no way to release that sodium from my body. Um... It, so, I do I do really appreciate like the human condition though where both of them are jealous of each other for something where I, I saw jealous, that too I is jealous of the figure of the gymnast and the gymnast is jealous of the spirit and the guts of our girl in the free time also that like her ability to sleep in She's like, I wanted to sleep in one time. And I was like, oh, you mean when you don't wake up until five o'clock in the evening? And she's like, yeah, I super get that. Wanted to stay in bed. Yeah, that's my shit. I, wa I wanted to sleep in an hour. It's like, oh. And she just wanted to see like rush hour, which I very much get. There's this thing that like I rarely get because I, I work in the mines all day and don't get to see the sunlight as much as I want to. And what I have to say is, like, there's this period of time that's, like, 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock where the world is, like, in a different state that I never get to see anymore. And, like, whenever I'm free from work during the weekdays for some reason and, and I'm, like, out seeing that world, it is magical in, like, a way that, like, I very much relate to this girl wanting to see like the rush hour and like the, the world in a different state at a different time of day. And there was something about that line that I just really liked. What I really like is I'm starting to develop a crush on Mr. Beetle. Cause he tells her 
that victory does not equal survival, but it means defeating the wonder killer. He also said that, like, what good is running away? That's stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, he's insulting like, her. Mm, mm, I love this dude. Hello, talking air conditioning unit. You have to stand up and fight, and that's pretty cool. Um, Hello. And I totally saw the Wonder Killer being her coach. I, I didn't. Um, but when it happened, I was like, this makes sense. I don't want to talk uh, about something that was really bugging me during this interaction. There is, and I'm, I have some like ideas of where it came from. I'm, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here for a minute. Um, and you can splice me out however you want the, to, Mesker. The floor recognizes Eric. Hello, my name is Eric. I will take my time to talk about something important to me. There is this style of coaching that exists. I've been doing martial arts for a hot minute. I used to contract with the Gymnastics Association. I've, I've worked with gymnastics coaches uh, in a good number of places uh, because uh, the martial arts that I do generally tends to require a softer floor because we do throwing, things like that. I have also done sports and I know coaches. There is this style of coaching that I think comes from like these old football movies and like what people experienced who are now like teaching sports and things like that. Where is that you yell at the individuals and you make it like an intense, vigorous, almost trying to get emotional responses from these individuals so that they, in theory, do better at the whatever sports ball that they're doing or, you know, kick flips or whatever that they're, they're doing. And I just want to say right now in public that that is emotional abuse that is ethically wrong, that should not be occurring and is a violation of um, morality and can be punished by various organizations organizations including gymnastics organizations you can lose accreditation and things like that the style of, of yelling is the worst possible thing i have ever seen and it has become normalized because of like old football movies and what people have personally experienced of coaches shaming them and yelling at them you gotta do better i gotta see better from you there is terrible precedents that currently exist in our coaching and it needs to be changed and this show really captured it in a, the correct light she that coach uh is so abusive smacking her telling her that it's tough love She's going through every excuse to rationalize this abuse. She has clout with the administration that without her, Aminami is nothing. Like, it's a lot. And she's literally smacking her across the face, being like, you let your figure get out of control. Bitch, she's dead! Yeah, no kidding. I, and then, so, so the physical abuse almost seems like an extra icing for lack of a better way to say on the abuse cake it's it seems mostly emotional yeah we should never weigh things to be like well this is worse than the other but from the little bit of physical abuse that we get to see 
the emotional abuse looks way worse. And obviously this was so adversive to the girl that like she didn't want to continue gymnastics. In fact, she killed herself. Well, she seems kind of Stockholm by it because she willingly goes with the wonder killer. Like with yeah. our previous with our previous egg girl, she ran away from the bully the entire time. That remember you're talking about just gotta get just gotta make it to the bell. Yeah. Just- that comes back. Like this is a whole different thing. This girl isn't making it to the bell. She is actively being like, yes, she's she's bowing to this person. She is like, indoctrinated. Yeah. And she says, This is my fault. This is at first it's my fault for not trying hard enough. And then it's not, then it's my fault for not having the guts to stand up for myself. Like, we are having to go through this because I am so weak. And I hits her with something that us as Americans is kind of jarring. Where in America, like, our way of handling a situation like this would not be to look at the girl and be like, shut up, you just want attention. Yeah, and she calls her out. She goes, you want attention and love. There's this uh, principle when you're uh, yelling at a child that um, very commonly behavior, uh, board certified behavior analysts talk about um, the fact that when you yell at a child for a bad behavior, if the objective of that behavior was attention, that you are actually reinforcing that behavior, meaning the behavior will increase. It'll happen more often. So any if the child screams or yells, any attention. attention is good attention. And that is one of the functions of behavior is simply attention seeking. And so in this case, she's dealing with this simply because she called the girl calls her out. You just want attention. You want somebody to love you. And I think, the way she turns that at the end is I will give you attention and I will love you. <laughs> like, Well, there's also this moment of you want love and acceptance. Like you're tolerating this because you view this as love, which the coach is openly saying, this is tough love. Yeah. It's not like, I love you. What would you be without me? Like if you can't pull your weight. You're so lucky that I'm around. Which, if memory serves, is called trauma bonding, um, where you create the trauma and then you bond over it. Um, It is an emotional abuse technique um, that is, I mean, emotional abuse in general is is hard to uh, pin down and establish very, very clearly. Um, But there are some traits of it. Um, trauma bonding is a psychological response to abuse. It occurs when the abused person forms an unhealthy bond with the person who abuses them. Um, and that is exactly what's happening here. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Because I was at first just going to call it victim blaming, where it's traumatic know, it's bonding. The- traumatic bonding occurs as a result of ongoing cycles of abuse in which the intermittent reinforcement of reward and punishment creates powerful emotional bonds that are resistant to change. Mm. Mm. So that is what is occurring here. And it is painful to watch. And also the coach mutates into a big tittied monster that 
shoots monster milk juice. That one kind of lost me there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't really want to talk about the sticky bright colored milk from the mammalian coach. We don't have to think about that one too hard. Now, all we really have to say about it is thanks to teamwork and a ribbon whip, we kill the coach. Yeah, and it seems here we get kind of a glimpse of like, oh, hey, for each individual, there's going to be, I, I suppose, like a sacred a, a object tool, associated a with it. Yeah. We're building, you get we're building our emotional toolbox. You get a Legend of Zelda style uh, tool from each dungeon. And this dungeon, you know, you know, hits the the thing with the boomerang or grapples you across. It's it's a tool specific to that dungeon and maybe used later in a boss fight. Um, so that's what we see here is like, oh, she needed the ribbon associated with the gymnastics girl in order to defeat the monster. And I think that's interesting. Hey, Metzger, let's have a bit of a transition here. Okay. So I want to talk about there's this moment where our yellow hooded eye girl is inside of a locker. Yeah. And her friend is outside clearly with another individual. And we see another moment where the friend is buttoning up her shirt. Yeah. I don't fully. So the, the friend clearly knew that I was in the locker and was trying to get I to record what was occurring, which is suggestive to me of something that wasn't consensual and was occurring like, but and the person knew it was occurring or going to occur or blackmail esque. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there and it seems bad. I am interested to see how some of this plays back. We do get a flashback with Koido. And the flashback starts, though, with, with some of Koido's uh, personal belongings being destroyed. Shirts with rips in it. Like, I was, uh, it got lost on me a little bit. Maybe, like, at a great, like, at a shrine to the school or a gravestone or something. And Koido is either. She seems so stoic. I is she not seems okay. Like, I deserve this in some way, or this is to be expected well, in, in some way. Yeah, I read it as she's either just super tough or she's kind of used to this shit by now. And we do know that I, she's yeah. a transfer student. So I can see her like this happened in her last school, and maybe that's why she transferred. She's, I think, expectant of abuse. I've seen this in individuals that I know before that have experienced um, abuse and, and have chosen some different types of lifestyles because they're expecting physical and sexual abuse and all that. So um, a, a dear friend of mine actually like chose to be a stripper during a certain period of time in her life where there is known to... Oftentimes, be in particular places, um, sexual abuse that occurs. And she said, Well, if I'm going to get sexually abused anyways in my normal day to day life, it might as well be on my own terms and I might as well make money from it. And I that can was. See that. It's some form of taking power. 
Yeah, and I I feel like because because the individuals also had this like expectation of it, um, and it seems very similar to what's occurring here. Um, the the piece where she's like buttoning up again the last last piece of the the shirt um, the the top that's suggestive to me of some type of sexual abuse. Now she does say um while she's talking with i she does say that this is classic bullying and that the reason why they're bullying her is because she's so close to their teacher and they're jealous of the relationship she has with the teacher and i tells her well that's to be expected you're a new transfer student he's infatuated with you i guess for lack of another word i don't understand why the teacher is infatuated with this middle school transfer student i also don't understand why the teacher spends so much time at i's house i feel like the teacher is something with i's mom i'm gonna say this teacher's around a lot as in dating your mom in a 90s sitcom a lot a lot yeah and my mental process for this was he's either dating the mom He's the bad guy, and he's trying to get close to her to force her silence. Um, and if it's the case, so I don't understand why he's infatuated either. The only non-abusive reasoning I can come up with is that she's transferred. Maybe she's behind or not, not with the class or something like that. And he's just trying to get her caught up during like this this interim phase. Um, so she's spending a lot more time with him because she just transferred. And I'm remembering correctly, right? The the voices of the bullies that we're getting are female, right? When when they're being like, hey, look over here or something. I don't remember what they say to her while I is hiding in that locker, but it was a female voice, right? It was higher pitched, if if memory serves. I was only able to watch this once. Um, just kind of due to time constraints, but um, I I think you're right. If if it is male, it is a younger male, and they don't tend to do. They tend to do deeper voices for male to distinguish. Either way, them. it's not the teacher. I don't know what to make of it. I I'm very stuck on this one, and I don't like it. It's bad. It's obviously bad. Yeah, that's a uh, understatement. That is, that is a huge understatement. I feels really like sorry. She's, I mean, she says it enough. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not being able to. I guess get a clear video of the person that caused it. But at the same time, so it's like, oh, you were scared, weren't you? It's okay. You did your best. I'm gonna go throw myself off the roof now. <laughs> and that's painful yeah i know Um, i'm sorry yeah i seems to be very stuck on this as she's following the uh trails of goo ultimately to the gym where she has this final battle um the friend once saved she has like this moment where where there's a moment of clarity between the two of them and then we could dissipates. have been friends. We could have we could have gone and gotten burgers together and I would have ate a burger. 
Well, that's that's later. So there's no. She has that conversation. She has that conversation with with Egg Girl too, and then later when she meets Beautiful Figure Girl, you know, half dead in the hospital. Yeah, they had the same thing. Like we could be friends, and this girl is so isolated that she doesn't know what to do with friends. It's like, well, what would we do? And it's like, oh, you would go and get burgers. Um, As she's describing this, this sounds like a good time to me. I'm actually down to do any of the things she's describing. Pretty chill. These people are obviously, this is happening pre-COVID to where it's like, we could go get burgers. It's like, well, why would we want to go do that? And it's like, anything. Let's go Red Robin sponsor. Red Robin is not going to sponsor our podcast. One can only hope. I I am very down to literally do anything, but also not until COVID's done. All I'm saying is, like, this girl's making some real effort, and the friend seems to respond to it pretty positively at the end, to the point that we see them starting the, the bonds of friendship. She's still... Uh... All it took, oh no. It's okay because here's a nice smelling drink. <laughs> In my notes, it says, Oh God, did I just roofie her? Her inhibitions have been lowered. She's given the thumbs up emoji. And I like that a lot. Like it was, it was very okay. Strong opinions coming in hot. Anyone who uses that giant thumb emoji is 40 plus years old. Big oof. I, I'm sorry if you are like 20 something and using it. You are now 40. Well, okay. To be fair, our generation is not like emoji royalty. So for some reason, the generation above us has really grasped onto the emoji. And the generation below us has really grasped onto the emoji. And we're still over here just making like hieroglyphic ass fucking faces with actual symbols. I mean, I use an emoji or three now. XD. Um, (laughs) But I did for a long period of time when emojis were uh, just starting to be a thing, resisted it so heavily. And I'm like, I'll just manufacture my own like the good old fashioned times. Well, I don't resist them. But I still have a tendency. It's like I can convey whatever I need to convey with this old shorthand that I used to use. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, I never had that. I I did not have an aim. My parents would not let me download it. My father uh, claimed that it would have Trojans attached to it. I'm not sure he knew what a Trojan was, but he had heard the lingo and believed they were everywhere. I'm sure your dad is very akin to all the nasty things that come attached to things that you shouldn't download on the internet. Ah, he's a crime lord. (laughs) That's why you're in the mines. That's why I now work in the mines. We now have headcanon for you. (laughs) I I like this. We'll progressively add more to my story over time. Why why are you on this bus? Like who let this filthy 
I'm a I'm a mine worker who is down to destroy the bourgeoisie and also eat your soup. And also as a crime lord father. Somebody's got like a freaking like map somewhere or like a cork board with strings attached to it with our faces on it, just trying to establish a timeline. We have our ending of the the uh, show where the girl says, hey, you took too many eggs and that's why you're in here in the hospital. You got to take one at a time. Don't be a dumbo. Haste makes waste. Yes. Um, also, I like the Akas being like, pretty sure she wants to die. Pretty sure she's not fighting for anything. Pretty sure she just wants to die too. So one time. When That's I was 15, I got broken up with and I got into Wizards a fight. Wizards of Waverly Place Girl. Wiz- okay, so listener. <laughs> so anyways, one time I got broken up with, with a girl who looked like Wizards of Waverly Place Girl. And I got into a fight with a dude at the park. Um, and it wasn't my fault, but also I was kind of like sad. So I was like, just end me. But he was also a 15 year old and had 15 year old level punches. So he couldn't, (laughs) he wasn't leveled up enough. (laughs) Oh my God. Listener. Listener. So I kind of get this girl and I'm like, yeah. Okay, like I get that you're sad and you're just like not really fighting. This is just a, a hill you want to die on. But now our main girl's gonna fight for you. She fights for people who committed suicide, but maybe she can fight for one girl who's still alive. My brain went off in a weird place. I started watching this other new anime that no one should watch. Uh it's just fetish porn. All right, Metzger. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, gonna need you to uh, give us the name of it. It's called Redo a Healer. Okay, I'm just gonna do. Uh, you can find YouTube. you can find the first two episodes on YouTube. They're highly edited. The first episode, in and of itself, is essentially an entire season of an anime. Like, there's so much exposition in it. That it's wild. This so dude looks like Link. That also gives it the feeling of a porn. Where it's like, here's some plot. Now fucking. The girl in the background of this has a very large titties. Oh, there's the Wikipedia page has her topless and her nipples are strategically hidden by text. That is the wikipedia for redo of a healer so wikipedia has shifted it into what seems to be a very poor she's doing a a sexy face and there's a lot of thighs showing yeah mesker this doesn't i i think i'm not gonna show this to my mother it's not not only is it just a porn anime oh there's fucking okay well it is fetish Porn. We support fetishes. We're sex positive here on this, we, this podcast. We do not kink shame. We do we not. But are you on do board. 
need I mean I'm cutting all of this at this point. As long <laughs> as you as long as there's consent, chase your bliss. Safe, sane, consensual. Okay. But there is definitely a moment where he breaks all of her fingers one by one and promises Ugh. to let her go if she cannot scream. Hey, Metzger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My computer was so done with what you were describing that it killed itself. And now I have an egg. I hear that there's another episode later on where he turns the captain of the guard into a woman and restrains her and then drugs all the other guards with like an aphrodisiac. So they group fuck the guard. You don't understand. I thought my computer died. It's at 79% battery. It just shut itself off because <laughs> it was so done listening to that. It's the Mesker. I've never seen it do this behavior before. <laughs> you are the only changed variable in this equation. Well, that's not fair. We've been doing this for 12 weeks now and it's never Sorry, happened before. You discussing this weird fetish porn is the only changed variable in this equation. Oh, one of the guys in the other Discord, uh -huh. he's the one that like told me about it. I didn't even know that it existed. And he was like, stay away from this fucked up anime. And I was like, I immediately must now find out and watch this fucked up anime. I, I can't not know things. So I <laughs> I will actually get nauseous and start vomiting if I don't know something that I feel like <laughs> I need to know. And I wish any of that sentence weren't true. We've actually had this. Ariel's like, I've changed something in the house. And I was like, what is it? She's like, I'll never tell. And then I started getting overheated and nauseous. And I started gagging. Like I couldn't. For some reason, the lack of information causes anaphylactic shock in my body. I think maybe you need therapy. Probably. All right. <laughs> so we're going to end this. We're going to go take Eric to a therapist so he can let go of some of his control freak nature. I just can't not know things. We hope that you uh, enjoyed Jujitsu Kaisen and uh, Wonder Egg Priority. We hope you had an egg-cellent time. <laughs> and we hope that you come join us again. Um, we, of course, want you to, uh, if you are dealing with these types of traumas and things like that, we, we want to make sure that you are seeking the help you need. And if that help comes in the form of interacting with me on anime underscore bus on Twitter, that's perfectly fine. I'm always here for you. There's also other resources available. Um, talk to us, share us, enjoy us. Um, we're here enjoy for you. Us. All right. Bye! One, one time when I was 15,
Alma 16, I got broken up with uh, by a girl who looks like the main character of Wizards of Waverly Place, and I cried 